Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome to the Yards After College podcast powered by kslsports.com. We've got a late night Thursday night, early morning, Friday morning podcast edition coming to you from Broadcast House. I am sitting next to the one and only Sam Farnsworth for the first time in this podcast history. Sam, we're doing this face-to-face. How does it feel? We're not virtual. We're not uh, seeing each other through computer screen. And, And most importantly, I'm not speaking through the Zoom microphone on my computer. We've got a much crisper sounding Sam Farnsworth. Plus, I do have an actual microphone now, so hopefully moving forward, even when we are remote, I'll sound a little better for everyone out there. But Hey, I know that COVID still exists, but I feel like we're this is a sign that we're moving out of that phase, right? Like, I mean, uh, man, this needed to happen are, in order for us out. to get there. For sure. It's a beautiful yes. thing. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, it's... Uh, it's awesome doing it in the studio too. So anyway, yeah, it just basically what it means is better football conversations. Well, I have to agree there because I I want to start here. I I was able to see your face tonight as your Broncos suffered yeah. a loss. Yeah, and it brought a little joy to my heart. But it, it was even <laughs> more joyful knowing that my Colts, who are just terrible, they're one of the worst teams in the National mm. Football League. But they came away. With a three-point win because your coach is still really bad five oh games goodness. into the season. You know, the worst thing is I saw a stat out there. So, someone shared the stat that the uh, Colts came into the game ranked 32nd in the NFL in scoring. They scored below their average on Thursday night against the Broncos, and they still won. I mean, we're talking, was he, three, six, seven field goal game, a seven field goal football game. We're talking about a $48 million quarterback that on fourth and goal from the one yard or fourth and goal, whatever, fourth and one inside the five or inside the 10, uh, tried to force something. He had time. It wasn't like it wasn't like pressure was breathing down his back just yet. He had time. He's got the mobility to move around and try to get something. You know, you know, the game is on the line on this one play. He's got the ability to keep plays alive and to, and to improvise and get things going. But he still tried to force it into Cortland Sutton, the guy he had been staring down that whole route. When the whole time, we, we were looking at the video, and on the right side, his his backside, well, it wasn't as I mean, 
but he was turned. He, he was focused towards the left side of the field. So on the right side of the field, it looked like Jerry Judy was running a little scrub route with Hamler coming underneath, and suddenly Hamler's wide open at the four-yard line. Just a split second where the window was. I mean, the was, window was there. The window was there wasn't wide a guy, open. There wasn't a guy within five yards. Wide open. Yeah, the defense closed in on that later. Sure. because, But it was wide open. Throw it over the goal line. Hamler's there. Touchdown. Broncos win. Nope, that didn't happen. He didn't see him. And, and we were talking about that. If you're calling that play, is that not the primary? If you're running a scrub route over there, uh, the little screen route, is that not where you're going first? The, the whole I don't point know. of the play design the play is was. to open that guy that's, up. That's what I believe. And so I, I would like to – I'll have to go and dig up the post game on that to figure out what happened on that last play because tell you what, as a Broncos fan – We've gotten used to poor quarterback play. I'm not saying Russell Wilson is a poor quarterback. There's still plenty of football left. But we've gotten used to it since 2015, since Super Bowl 50. Twelve quarterbacks have now started for the Broncos. One of them wasn't even a quarterback. Uh, Philip Lindsay technically was the starter in the game where Kendall Hinton uh, took most of the snaps against the Saints in the COVID game or the entire – anyway, that's another story. Uh, but 12 quarterbacks, he's the 12th. Broncos fans have gotten used to it. It's tiring. It's painful. But there's always hope that the next guy is going to be the guy. And not only is there hope in the next guy, the next guy is a Super Bowl champion. The next guy is a Pro Bowl quarterback. The next guy is someone who will come up in Hall of Fame conversation someday. The next guy is being paid $48 million this season to play football. But the next guy isn't getting the job done, Kyle. So that's where the frustration comes in. If it was getting paid $8 million a year, if he was a Trevor Simeon getting paid 10 12 whatever, I think they just roll their eyes and be like, all right, let's get the next guy out there. But uh, that's not the case. It's not the case. Anyway. No, you can keep going. I mean, I'm, that's, uh, I'm fine with this conversation because that means I'm not talking about <laughs> Matt Ryan and his two interceptions. So The Colts have a winning record. Let's just say that. Hey. I was telling you before the game was over, the Colts could potentially lose that game and they would have started the season 1-2-2, two, and two, which that has to be a first in NFL history. Mm-hmm. If not, it's very few teams have done. So I'm glad that they got a win, and uh, now we can talk about 2-3 and three Broncos next week, and it's going to be good stuff. But, you know, as far as uh, as the Broncos are concerned, they were they were already down Tim Patrick, our one yeah. local from the Broncos, yeah. uh, that, that were, were – just not going to see the season because he's out for the whole year. Mm-hmm. Julian Blackman on the other side for the defense for the Colts, he was inactive for the second straight week. And then our only other local in this game, Garrett Bowles, offensive lineman for the Broncos, he goes out with an injury late oh. in the game. I mean, Sam, it did it didn't look good, and it sounds like see. the reports coming out of Denver aren't so good after this uh, this loss to the Colts either. It was tough to see, um, and and I hope my rant there didn't pique your. Uh... Uh, we we almost we almost hit we almost hit the top there. We didn't go red, but <laughs> I, we went I really I, I hope I didn't blow out anyone's uh, earbuds out there. I apologize, but yeah, Garrett Bowles got carted off the field late in the game. Um, I've seen it happen before when I covered the Broncos when I was in Denver, was in, I, I believe it was 2017. Uh, he went down with it looked bad back then. I mean, the guy was in tears on the football field. He was in pain, audibly and vis- visibly in pain. He got carted off the field. 
He was back on the practice field three days later and played in the next game. He didn't miss a beat. So I was curious when he was getting card off here. Ah, okay, I've seen this before. He'll be back. He'll be back. But the reports I've seen you know, from uh, my friend Troy Rank, uh, who works for um, ABC7 in Denver, then uh, he said that it appears, from what he's hearing, it's a broken leg. I'm sure by the time you listen to this, you'll have all the info on it by then. You know, um, yeah. But it could be that Garrett Bowles' season is in jeopardy of being done, uh, depending on the severity of that injury, what surgery it may or may not require. Uh, he could be done. And that's just really unfortunate because the way this guy has turned his NFL career around from his first, not only his rookie year, his second year, and even into his third year where he was just, he was a walking yellow flag. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, he was almost a liability there. He was a great, a pretty good run blocker, but he was really struggling in that pass. And then something clicked. And he showed that he could be the guy. And then the Broncos showed their trust in him by giving him a contract extension and a nice raise. And he's been that guy since then. A very reliable, solid left tackle in the NFL that can protect his quarterback. Someone that um, that I think a lot of teams would covet on their team too if it ever got to that point. Someone that should be in Pro Bowl conversations. And it's really unfortunate to see him go down injured uh, the way we did on Thursday night uh, because it – you just don't know how people are going to come back from injuries like that, especially big guys like that. So hopefully he makes a full recovery, whether it's later this season or next season. Um, because Garrett Bowles, tell you what, man, that he's he's really put in the hard work. That's one thing that he's proven, if you put in a lot of hard work, that you can succeed in this league. Yeah, I mean, tough to see him go down. Didn't put any weight on the leg, it sounds like, after the game, after he was in the locker room even, you know. T's and P's to him, and hopefully uh, hopefully he can bounce back from this. I, I think he's under contract through the 2024 season, and so, you know, that deal that he got a couple years ago, it's it's a good thing, like, yeah. you're not in a contract right. year and something like right. this happens because yeah, that makes sure. it even tougher to bounce back from a lot of these guys that suffer those pretty, you know, traumatic injuries. And offensive linemen, leg injuries are not a joke, no. so hopefully he can uh, bounce back from this. But, uh on a lighter note with Garrett Bowles, <laughs> uh, he was light on his feet last Sunday. Yeah. And uh, Sam, I mean, what did you think of, of that move? <laughs> I mean, chasing down a guy <laughs> and, uh, you know. On a, on a I, I fumble did, return. I didn't know if he was going to, I mean, first off, let's start with the fumble because I was, I mean, oh, Melvin Gordon Melvin needs to Gordon. hold on the football now that he's there starting running back. Javante oh, Williams goodness. out for the rest of the year. But then you've got, the football literally just falls into Richardson's arms. Like, I mean, it's just like, thank you. Like, here you go. And uh, Garrett Bowles, A-plus for effort on this play, I would say. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, gosh, yeah. The Raiders, too. Oh, that's painful. Anyway, yeah. but, yeah. Um, so, so t- for what happened today, uh, Thursday night, it, with his injury, it really stinks because you're, you're kind of playing off of this this playful, fun moment. He even walked into the stadium on Thursday night wearing a T-shirt uh, of like, kind of, kind of like the the the, it's the so early right. man, you know, yeah. the evolution guy, where it shows you know the the ape turning into a man slowly one by one. But it's him one by one uh, picture across a shirt of him diving, trying to, <laughs> and it said like never give up on the so shirt. Good. So he's poking fun at it too. Um, 
Yeah, basically, he, he the video went viral. If you didn't see it, you can find it out there. His wife even made fun of him on Twitter. Her tweet went viral of her poking fun at him for, for trying. She said she laughed out loud seeing it, but he kind of made a half-hearted dive at it. And he's a big man. So to see him put a half-hearted dive into it, you're like, you know, at, at early on when he started the jump, he's like, nope, uh-uh, abort, abort. You know, and he just kind of— So good. So— uh, I don't know if you heard it. If if you didn't, let, let, I, I want to share just a bit of this right now, really quick on on uh, the NFL Network. He was a guest on their Good Morning Football program, um, and he talked about it. They they went straight into it with the conversation. It was pretty funny stuff. Take a listen to this really quick. Well, first off, I watched uh, I watched Superman the night before, so I thought I could be like Superman, but I ended up being like a beached whale. So. Um, but no, I think, you know, here in Denver, you know, Coach Hackett always, you know, emphasizes us of, you know, never giving up and always hustling. You know, we didn't get the job done on Sunday like we wanted to, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I try to play my heart out for my teammates. I was trying to make a play. Um, it didn't go well, but, um, you know, I, I want my teammates and everyone to know that I'm going to give my all and, and try to help us win. You never know. I could have maybe made that tackle um, if I didn't look like a beach dwell on Sam, but, other, but um, at the end of the day, um, I'm always trying to give out my heart. How did that clip go over with your teammates? Did they find humor in it, or were they like, "No, that's our guy, leaving it all on the field"? <laughs> uh, no, they were definitely they were definitely rousing me. Um, but I think that's the cool thing about our locker room is we're big brotherhood. We love each other. Um, we're always striving, um, you know, to push each other to be great. Um, so you know the the hazing and the you know teasing me, I I, I roll with it. Um, you know, K Jack. K-Jack definitely got me the most, um, but that's just his personality, and I love him dearly. Well, I don't know if, if that's the most personal one. In fact, I know it's not. All four of us here at the table are married. You are too. And your wife, Natalie, also had her own reaction to the play. She tweeted, I'd be lying if I said I didn't die laughing. <laughs> Good effort, though, babe. Laughing face, heart emoji. What did Natalie say to you when you got home, and what is her take on this a couple days later? Well, I had no idea it went viral. I had, I didn't, I had no idea that it was going to go viral, but I can definitely see why it did. Um, but no, she, she definitely gave me a hard time. Um, we were laughing. Um, and then she told me her tweet, and I just, you know, first I just looked at it with a straight face. And then if you know our relationship, we're always teasing each other. Um, you know, that's just something, you know, we're big jokesters in our family. So um, anytime that we can, you know, jab each other, we, we try to do it. So um, that's what she did. Um, I love her dearly. But, um, you know, I, I want to have I have the best wife in the world. So um, she can, you know, crack a joke like that, but still love me. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm being good. I mean, you, you got to love a guy that can poke fun at himself, that he knows what an NFL locker room is like. He knows he's going to get it from his teammates. He knows he's going to get it at home <laughs> from his wife as well. But, I mean, hey, he's a great sport. Uh, and, again, like I said, it just kind of stinks that it turned out the way it did on Thursday night for him. Yeah, I do love the fact that, like, at the end of the day, it is a game and, like, Garrett Bowles and his wife were able to, like, take yeah. a lighthearted approach to it. It's pretty funny. Uh, another thing that I thought was really funny uh, on <laughs> on Monday Night Football – uh, there was the the streaker. I don't. He was. He wasn't a full streaker as as was uh, right. you know explained to us by Peyton and Eli Manning uh, <laughs> on the ESPN two broadcast. Um, but the uh, the fan who entered the field of play at Levi Stadium uh, went towards the sideline and was uh, immediately halted in his movement 
by one former Aggie linebacker uh, now at the Rams, Bobby Wagner. What did you think of the uh, the the tackle, the form by Bobby <laughs> Wagner as he laid out this uh, protesting fan who ran onto the field? Uh, it was it was very well executed. He didn't he didn't fully wrap up, you know. So he wasn't out there trying to just pile drive the guy. He made sure he hit the ground. You know, he lowered that shoulder. He made sure he hit the ground. Bobby Wagner's a Hall of Fame. Uh, Hall of Fame linebacker because he's one of the best tacklers the NFL has seen over the past decade. And if someone's going to run down on the field with a pink flare protesting something about pigs, Bobby Wagner doesn't care what your message is. <laughs> you just ran out onto his stage. Get off. And he's going to let you know. Unfortunate thing is, and I think a lot of people wondered if this would happen as soon as that happened. Well, where's the lawsuit? Right, Kyle? Yeah, not totally. I mean, Fan goes and or I don't even know if you want to call him a fan. He was an individual who was at the game. Football fans don't do these things. No, they don't. And uh, ruin a great moment uh, by Bobby Wagner. Now it's been ruined because the fan goes out, the individual goes out, and he files a police report police over the report, incident. Yeah. I mean, gosh, come on. It, you saw it coming, but at the same time it's unfortunate because, you know, he was the one in the wrong. He's the one who's you know, entering the field of play and right. is breaking the code of conduct when you get a ticket to go to these, you know, sporting events, you know that you're not supposed to be doing that. So it's kind of a bummer in that sense. But, uh, you know, did you see RG3's tweet on the on the replay? No. <laughs> RG3, he had the best response to this fan getting tackled by Bobby Wagner. He was like, Bobby Wagner isn't here for your gender reveal because the guy was like <laughs> oh, with yeah, a smoke a bomb pink, that was yeah, pink. pink yeah. So he was like thinking it was a gender reveal. Oh, I thought that man. was pretty good. I wish he would have had like a blue and a pink. That would have been pretty awesome, one in each hand, and you know then he what? would have like let one down or if something. If it was a genderville, that would have been pretty epic. Hey, family, you got to watch the game. <laughs> you'll just yeah. watch the watch me watch get arrested on TV as we uh, you'll, you'll the see gender you'll, of our child, mom and dad. You're going to see what your what your grandbaby's going to be. So just watch good. The game. You know what I need to hear? I need to hear Mark Harlan calling that. Oh my gosh! The, Can you imagine the most epic uh, streaker? cat on the field whatever it is on the field mark harlan amazing i i gotta know if he i'm i'm guessing he wasn't on that game but even if he wasn't can we please have mark harlan go back and just call it anyway <laughs> just play the video for him that'd be amazing well next up i want to hear some amazing highlights we're going to take a quick break but after that we're going to hear sam's three stars of the week Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. All right, we're back now on the Yards After College podcast powered by kslsports.com. Sam, it is my favorite time of the week with this podcast. <laughs> I love it because I found out that uh, the uh, the intros to each of these are your son. Uh, I was wondering where these little bits came from. I was like, where did you pull these little sound bites from? Did you just search three stars online or two stars online or something and try and find some sound bite that like, yeah. somebody made on like, a 1998 <laughs> soundboard or whatever you go play these things on some random website. No, 
This is Sam's family. So it has even yeah, greater awesome. meaning now. Yeah. So shout out to your son. I love him for it. He's and uh, it's good stuff. But Sam, let's uh, let's find out who your three stars of the week are. All right, let's uh, let's delay no longer. We'll start uh, start right here. Third star. Atlanta staring at third down and twelve. Mariota has a wide open out here inside the twenty, tripped up and tackled around the ten. Seventh play of the drop, the seventh run of the drop, and Algier turns the corner for a first down. 840 to go. And off to Algier. Around the right side, he's got some room. Flag down. Algier flying down the sideline. Still going. Dragging defenders. And Algier is finally brought down inside the 10. Tyler Algier is the rookie from BYU. Okay, third star. Um, BYU fans are happy with my third star because Tyler Algier makes his debut on my Stars of the Week. Uh, I was h- kind of hoping and waiting to see him emerge. And with the, the slew of running backs that they were running, the Falcons, during the preseason, it kind of felt like, why is Algier getting lost in this shuffle when they drafted him? There's a lot of high praise about him potentially being a three-down back someday. And, you know... Uh, Corderell Patterson's a very talented guy, and they're going to continue to give him the ball out of the backfield too. Um, but it kind of felt like on Sunday that Tyler Algier showed and took a step forward saying, hey, let's do this. He, he He's taking those steps almost every week where they're like, okay, can you take the next step? Okay, can you take the next step? Now, I don't think he's necessarily going to go into this next game as the starting running back. You know, I think Cordero Patterson is still going to get. Uh, he's out now. He, so I missed that. Yeah, he's on IR. So he. Whoa. Yeah, he ended up having surgery after the game. So. I totally missed that. Yeah, so. Great. Great he, to hear. He's well, now going to. Be, I mean, I guess IR is, what, a minimum of four weeks, right, I believe. And right. so it's going to be. So here we between go. Between him and Huntley, I guess. Yeah, that and, Caleb and Huntley I, guy. I believe Huntley had his first career touchdown in this last game, and, and he got a lot of praise from. Uh, their head coach was mic'd up during the game, um, and and he went over and was, hey, did you keep the football to Huntley? You know, he's like, you didn't. Anyway, um, I want to hear him saying that to Algier hopefully soon. But Tyler Algier, ten carries for eighty-four yards. He had a forty-two-yard blast, which was just that was the Tyler Algier BYU fans got used to seeing at BYU. That was pretty pretty awesome run, and he got close. He would get inside the ten a couple times and just. He didn't quite score. He had a 20-yard reception as well. So the guy goes for 104 total yards, career high there. Um, I like what Tyler Algier, I like the trajectory that he's on and and the way the Falcons are starting to use him. Yeah, I'm interested to see how they they split the carries between these two Mm -hmm. um, because last week they each had 10. So who's going to be the bell cow in this this next game? I think that that will determine – Based off of their performance as well, right? Like mm-hmm. if if Tyler's getting the bulk of the carries, but he's also you know averaging four yards a carry, five right. yards a carry, or whatever. And this Huntley guy, Caleb Huntley's only at three or whatever, mm-hmm. and gets eight carries or something. And Tyler's just clearly going to be the guy moving forward. That's kind of what I'm interested to right, see is like sure. how they 
clearly you're going to be battling for for carries moving forward as Cordero. There we go. Cordero. Yeah, I can't say his name. Cordero Patterson. Cordero, yeah. Cordero, Cordero, is uh, yeah. is out for the next few weeks, but uh, interesting to see. Sam, who is your number two star this week? Right here. Second star. So here we go, fourth and goal from inside the one. Goff has the call. Deep back, Jamal Williams. Goff turns, gives to Jamal. This time he's in. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Takes the snap, gives. There's the running play straight up the gut. That's Jamal Williams. There it goes, right side by 30, 20. Foot race, 10 5, end zone, touchdown Detroit Lions. Jamal Williams to the house, 51 yards. This football team needed that, this crowd needed that. Hey, Jamal's blocking downfield was teach tape. Hey, TJ, you owe Jamal something for that. Jamal blocked two people, blocked Barton and then went and got digs. So there we go again. He's back in it. Um, pretty sure Jamal was my number one star last week, if I remember right. He's my number two star this week. I thought long Way and to hard. go. A two-touchdown game moves you back on <laughs> the list here. I thought long and hard about repeating him <laughs> at number one, and I will explain why my number one earned my number one when we get last there. Last time he scores two touchdowns, Sam. <laughs> he's got to have three or more or else he's not going to be satisfying you. <laughs> 19 carries, 108 yards, two touchdowns, plus a 51-yard touchdown run. That 51-yard touchdown run reminded me a lot of the, the Jamal Williams that that scored a lot of touchdowns at BYU. I mean, his speed, when you had him and Taysom combining that speed together, you had a lot of defenses just really mixed up in in, in that game. Well, here's Jamal, and, and I don't know that he will ever be the primary running back even. you know, He is now when Swift returns. Will he kind of go back into sharing carries or something? This is a window for him to prove that I'm the I'm I'm the lead back now, you know. And whether he wants that or not, this is his opportunity. 108 yards on 90 carries with two touchdowns, four games in, six touchdowns. That is first in the NFL. Jamal Williams leads the NFL in rushing touchdowns with six touchdowns. Um there was a, a part of that clip that we just played that I love where um, Goff was mic'd up talking to, uh, what's his name, Hack- Hackinson? Ha- Hawkinson. Hawkinson, the tight end. He went over there. He's like, TJ, you owe Jamal. You owe Jamal. Did you see how he blocked? <laughs> that was a, a clinic, a blocking clinic. You, you, you owe him for that big gain. So, um, he was, yeah, Goff was mic'd up in that game and, and just was, like, praising what Jamal did without the football too, yeah. just his ability to block downfield and just a huge game for Jamal. I love what he's doing with with the uh, lines. It seems like he's maybe got a good home for for his skill set. Yeah, I mean, you think about it. He had a career high of a single season touchdown total of four before this week, if I said that right. So he surpassed that in this game alone, and. Uh, you know, I mean, we're only four games into the season for him, and he's already at a season high for, for his career. Three 
multi-touchdown games in the first four games. I, I can't remember the yeah, exact Yeah, you, ha- you had the stat but, that you but tweeted it, out. It was yeah. the first time since, like, I, I can't remember. So I'm, I'm going to Yeah, it was guess. LaDainian Tomlinson. LaDainian Tomlinson. So, and I can't remember the year, but it was the first time since LT. Yeah, it was probably to 2006, do 2007, something it's like that. It's been a while. And I think it was just the 10th time ever in the entire NFL history yeah. that someone has rushed for six touchdowns. Or I should say, someone has rushed for three multi-touchdown games in the first four games. That right there, Jamal's in the history books. Yeah, my thing that I made a point on last week when he was your number one star was, hey, I don't know if he's going to be that guy that can go out and get you 100 to 150 yards a game. And his career high before this was when he was a rookie, was 113 yards, Mm -hmm. and he was only five yards short of that this week. And so he's kind of proven me wrong, right, like that he's, he's able to carry the load and be able to get over – I feel like that 100-yard threshold is, like, really important for running backs too. Yeah, like for sure. If you get over 100 yards as a running back, like, usually, like, that's a pretty good game, even mm-hmm. if it's, you know, 25, 30 carries. It just means that you're effective at being able to get through and break through the line, right? Mm-hmm. Usually you have, like, a big run like Jamal you know, or Tyler, you know, had this last week where you, you have that one where you kind of break loose and have the home run. But I think it's it, – it's – pretty impressive that he's on this path and you know swift is still probably going to be battling this injury for the next few weeks and so even if he comes back i would think that they'd probably lean on jamal because he's just proven him right that he's deserving of those carries but since he wasn't your number one star this week sam i'm curious to know who your number (laughs) one star was he clearly had to have had a better game than jamal right that's not always the case, right, with my number one stars or with my stars. That's, can, like, that's right. You like the dark I, horses. I can you like pick, these I can random pick ones. whoever I want for my stars for whatever reasons I want. Having said that, here's the number one star. First star. Let's go. Wilson with time. Near side of the field, hits his man right on the button. That is Elijah Moore. Second and seven for Wilson, who throws over the middle, wide open. He hits his man inside the 20. Inside to the 15-yard line goes Elijah Moore. Double reverse, the pass to the end zone, caught by Wilson from Braxton Berrios. Wilson, quick pop over the middle, is complete. This is Tyler Conklin, the tight end, and he is out to the 35-yard line. That's a first down. Third and six. Wilson throwing, got his man across the 40-45 midfield. And brought down inside the Pittsburgh 45 is Garrett Wilson, the rookie out of Ohio State. Now, right now, he needs another one of those to try and get the Jets in the end zone. Looking left, throwing, touchdown, Corey Davis. Yeah, it wasn't Britain Covey like you thought it was going to be, Kyle, like you were saying, predicting. But no, I'm just kidding. Um, Zach Wilson, and here is why I picked Zach Wilson for it was my the number gritty, one star. Huh? The gritty Man, did it for gritty, you. That gritty, it was a little rough. I'm just saying. It was a little rough. Um, so 252 yards is not bad. That's good, right? When I think of a quarterback, 
you talk about the 100-yard threshold with running backs, you kind of think of the 300-yard threshold. If I see a quarterback in the NFL throwing 300 yards in the game, it's like, okay, this guy can do it. 250 yards is still good. He can still do it. Um, it, just feel, it just feels like 300 is that yard mark, right? Uh, 252 yards. He had the two interceptions. Okay, so when you look at just the stats, you're like, ah, I mean, it's his first game back, but okay, where is he at? Well, one of the picks was in and out of his receiver's hand. It would have been a first down. Yep. Um, it would have kept a drive alive. would have kept going. But here's where Zach shined. And you have to remember, he only has a rookie year under his belt where he had a little bit of injury issues that year too. Um, he played sparingly in the preseason. So here's a guy who's got to shake the rust because he got hurt in the, in the uh, preseason. And – so you have to expect there to be a bit of rust, right? The fourth quarter, let me just – this is why he's my number one star. His fourth quarter, 10 of 12 passing, 128 yards, a QB rating of 138.9. I don't care who you are. Any team in the NFL wants that from their quarterback in the fourth quarter. Do you hear that, Russell Wilson? <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, that's what you want in the fourth quarter. I think heard you. I will not yell louder. I want to, but I won't. Uh, that's what you want in the fourth quarter right there. He led the team down yeah. for a game-winning touchdown drive. Uh, it, they rushed it in. doesn't matter. Zach Wilson deserves as much credit for that touchdown as, as Brees Hall. I think that's who ran it in, mm-hmm. right? Um, he deserves as much of that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the guy is, the guy is good. Uh, I'm excited about where where the the potential goes from here with Zach Wilson. I feel like the the s- season two debut was what you'd want to see if you're a Jets fan, if you're a BYU Zach Wilson fan. Season two debut is what you want to see from Zach Wilson. Where does he go from here? Yeah, I think it's kind of the same thing that we talked about last week with him. It's like he had that injury last year where he was out about a month. Then he came back having had watched, you know, four games, three games or whatever it was. He had that same opportunity this year. He was able to watch a few games and kind of understand a little bit more about their offense. I think that that like really, in addition to like watching your own film, like being able to sit there on the sidelines and kind of just analyze your other teammates playing the game kind of understanding how they're running their routes in live action as opposed to in practice. Like, all of those things, it's a different perspective, right? Like, when it's coming at you 100, you know, 100 miles per hour in, in a real game. He was on the road in a tough place to play in mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I was I was really impressed because it was an up-and-down game. He had that mm-hmm. touchdown earlier in the game, and then he kind of struggled in the third quarter. Right. I was – I don't love the pick, Sam. Like I told you last right. week, my one thing with him that I really wanted him to focus on was the the turnover ratio. Yeah. And he had two interceptions. Yeah. One really wasn't his fault, I don't think. Still, it's right. an interception. It but he, he did recover a fumble. So, so there you go. He took uh, one back. He was, <laughs> took one back. I mean, it was, or prevented one. We'll, we'll say that he's even there. I, I don't love it, though. I, I want him to really focus on that and minimize those things because – we all know his arm talent. We all know mm-hmm. that he's able to fit the ball into those windows that you know make you an NFL quarterback that those other guys that may be talented just can't do. So if he can focus on that and clean up you know, the rough edges, the talent's cer- certainly there. He's super skilled and clearly showed why in the fourth quarter on Sunday. I, I think one thing that's super important too 
especially for a young quarterback, he has the trust of the guys in the huddle, the guys in the locker room already. They, it, from all accounts, it sounds like they love him. And I just want to share, uh, share with you guys one one quick. Just here's here's a couple of interviews from his teammates right after the game. This is what they said about Zach in the huddle before they went down and scored that touchdown. Did, did Zach say anything to you guys in the huddle before that drive? Uh, let's go score effing touchdown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that was our whole mentality. Uh, you know, we weren't really flustered and nervous. You know, we just felt like we had to take it to play at the time, and we did that. What, what did Jack, Jack show you, especially on that last drive? You know, because there's a couple quarters where he was missing some throws, and he seemed like he just turned on the Jets at the end there. Yeah. Uh, he never shut down. You know, he never turned it off. He just, I know you can tell he just believes in himself. You know, he might not have been, he might not have played the perfect game, but it's his first game back and everything. And I feel like we got we got the win, so that's all you can ask for. We were just talking to Zach before. Zach, I'm sorry, Freeze. And he was saying Zach before. Um, that offensive series, the game-winning drive, kind of came in the huddle, so let's go start an effing touchdown. Yeah, straight up, yeah. yeah. He did. I assume he didn't say effing. Yeah, yeah, he said the whole thing. But he was, um, man, that's what you want from a guy like that, and that kind of turned us up, you know, in the huddle and, you know, kind of got us going, and we punched it in and we got the dub. Tyler, I think um, Brees uh, was saying after the game that um, during that huddle, Zach said, let's go score a touchdown. Did, did he say that? And, and what was that feeling like for you guys? You know, here's a guy who making his first start of the season in crunch time. What did that tell you about him? Yeah, um, he did say that. And I think it's just, you know, that feeling in that in that huddle in the fourth quarter, I think as a, as a unit, we, you know, we felt like we were going to get this done. We felt like we were going to go down there and win that game. And, uh, you know, I felt Zach was really resilient, really confident, uh, you know, throughout the whole game. But I think really in that fourth quarter, he, um, you know, really settled in and he was, I'm going to, I'm going to you know, help lead, lead us to victory. And he did that. Uh, what did it feel like to have uh, Zach back out there making plays and then, and then being resilient to overcome the turnovers that he made early? It's great, man. I love having him out there. I love this energy. You know, I love this fight. I love the way he came out and played. Tyler, that was really your first time playing with Zach in a game because he, he played so little in the preseason before he got hurt. So what was it like? I mean, were there any things you learned about him that you can't take away from practice that you learn about a guy in a game? Yeah, how slippery he is. Um, I mean, there was there was times in that game where you're scrambling. You're like, how is he still running around? And just his ability to extend plays. And on top of that, um, you know, make, make throws while he's extending that play. I think that's... Uh, you know, you can you can you know practice that you know scramble drill and doing things outside the pocket in practice, but until you kind of get a feel for it in a real game, uh, you know it's just it's just different. But uh, you know that was a, that was a big thing, and kind of like we talked about just the way he kind of uh, you know just his confidence and the way he you know led us in that in that fourth quarter. I mean that's impressive right there. His teammates they they love the confidence that they're seeing in their young quarterback, and and the fact that Zach is showing that confidence that's super important too. Yeah, no, I I think the future is bright for him. It's just a matter of whether or not he can kind of continue on that trajectory because that's really what it is when you're a young quarterback. You have mm -hmm. to keep growing. You Like, everybody expects the roller coaster, but it'll be interesting to see. Well, Sam, I don't want to keep you too much longer. I know that you need to go home and you need <laughs> to, you know, grieve over this two and three start by your Broncos. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the week five of the NFL season didn't start off on a high note for you. But uh, I want to know what game you're most excited to watch on Sunday or Monday. I mean, there's the divisional game on Monday, which you may or may not be excited to watch. I know that you love your AFC West games, but uh, 
Is there a game that you know is intriguing to you? Maybe a local that you're you're interested in watching this weekend? Um, Sunday and Monday, there are some games that I, I'll be intrigued about in the uh, National League Wild Card playoffs with the uh, New York Mets. Are we talking the NFL? Sorry, uh, my Mariners made the playoffs for the first <laughs> time in 20 years. I didn't even bring them up, but I'm so excited. Read the room, Sam. That's what Mitch would remind me. Read the room. All right. No. Um, yes, I love playoff baseball. I'm excited for that. Yeah, there's a there's a couple games that I'm interested in. Yeah, the the Chiefs and Raiders. I, look, as much as I feel like the Broncos Raiders is the best rivalry in the in the AFC West, the Chiefs and Raiders is right there with them. Um, that's a great rivalry game as well. Um, for me, gosh, I'm looking at a couple games here. I am gonna go. I'm gonna say the game that I want to watch this week is the Dolphins and Jets. I want to see Zach Wilson uh, again. Dolphins are three and one. Is that a for real three and one? This is a an important game in the AFC East. Um, that uh, hey, maybe this propels the winner of this game towards uh, that top of that division um, uh, and and beyond. There's still a lot of football left, but um, that's the game I'm going to go off go with mostly because I do want to see. All right, Zach, what do you got for your second game? I'm going to go with Sunday afternoon game, uh, the Cowboys versus the Rams. That's a good one. I think that the Cowboys, I'm interested to see if Cooper Rush can continue yeah. his winning streak with them because it sounds like Dak Prescott is coming back in the next couple of weeks. I don't know if that's two weeks or three weeks, but it sounds like he's making progress with that broken thumb that he had from week one, I believe. And then the Rams, they're, you know, two and two. They're coming off of a loss. I'm I'm interested to see how they bounce back from that because – they're they're a different team than they were a year ago when they won the Super Bowl, but uh, I don't know. It, they still have a lot, they still have a lot of talent, so I'm interested to see kind of which teams for real out of those two. And then Dalton Schultz, as far as a local guy, yeah. uh, former Bingham tight end mm-hmm. uh, with the Cowboys, he was banged up and he didn't play two weeks ago, and then he didn't have any catches in Week Four, but he was targeted I think three or four times in that game. So uh, I'm interested to see throughout a week of practice another week with Cooper Rush if he kind of creates some chemistry with him Um, because he's kind of been one of those guys that Dak Prescott has come to rely on in the last couple of seasons so I'd like to see Dalton Schultz get back into the end zone because I don't think he's had a touchdown catch this season so far so uh, interested to see that that's a 225 on uh, Sunday but I would be remiss if we did not mention the uh, the Sunday night football game of the week which is going to be awesome I think that's going to be great. The Ravens and Bengals. I mean, that. I think that has the potential of being uh, one of those maybe a little more high-paced offensive electric games, you know, that, that maybe a higher score. I, I, I am really hoping for one of those type of maybe 35-32, 35-31, something like that, that, that really goes late into the fourth quarter before it's decided. Uh, of course, I'm a little – you know, bias because I want the good ratings coming into KSL sure. Sports Live and and our <laughs> and our show that we put on right after Sunday Night Football. But uh, but at the same time, I just want a great Sunday night game to to cap off the weekend. I know there's Monday night, but still. Hey, I I think that like I don't know. I'm I'm probably guilty of this, so that's why I'm bringing it up. But like, it feels like I almost wrote the Bengals off already. Yeah, because they started off with the and two right. start and. Like, they haven't seemed like the same team that had that playoff run last year. So, I mean, the Ravens, they're a pretty good team. They've had a couple of heartbreaking losses. Yeah. Or else they could be 4-0. I mean, they're, they're super talented. Lamar is 
Lamar Jackson amazing. is he's amazing. He's so good. So uh good game on Sunday night, KSL TV, six twenty PM. Um it's at Baltimore, so that'll be a tough game for uh, Cincinnati mm-hmm. to pick up. But uh Sam, other than Sunday night, is there anything you want to tease for uh KSL Sports Live this weekend? Man, Saturday, uh if if you're listening to this by then, um yeah. We've got BYU Notre Dame on KSL Channel 5 at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time. We have a 30-minute pregame show beginning at 5 p.m. live from Legion Stadium in Las Vegas. I will be there. And then we will be live right after the game as well. With, with Wait, did you just say you were going to be at the home of the Raiders? I am going to be there, and I'm sure the stink <laughs> of the turd left behind by the Broncos will still be in that stadium. Anyhow, um, yeah, the, the postgame show will be live on a it's, it's all basically from 5 p.m until until bedtime you'll want to have ksl channel 5 on for all things byu notre dame football be sure to check out ksl sports live all weekend long uh, college football nfl locals in the nfl specifically yeah, awesome. on sunday night mm-hmm. if you guys don't watch nfl uh or locals in the nfl coverage on sunday night i don't know what you're doing because sam and jj and and the crew they they cut up all the good plays. I mean, even stuff that isn't like a touchdown or an interception, like yeah. those big plays, like it could be like we try to two punt returns by Britt and Covey. I mean, Britt and Covey gets highlighted yeah. by that. We and like, that's awesome. Everyone in there. So it's, it's super fun yeah. to be able to keep track of the guys that you followed throughout their college careers. You can follow them in the NFL um, on Sunday nights as well. But until then, be sure to check out kslsports.com. Download the KSL Sports app, KSL TV app as well. Uh, Sam, you can find him on Twitter at samsworth underscore KSL. You can find me at Kyle Ireland. But until next week, this has been the Yards After College podcast powered by kslsports.com.